Welcome to the Exploring Unschooling podcast. I'm Pam Larickia, longtime unschooling mom and author. Join me and my wonderful guests for interviews, information, and inspiration about unschooling and living joyfully with your family. You can find the episode show notes, your free introductory ebook, What is Unschooling?, and lots more information at livingjoyfully.ca. And here's the show. Hello, everyone. I'm Pam Larickia, and this is episode number 113 of the podcast. It's the 28th of February, 2018, as I record this intro. And my guest this week is Megan Valness. Megan is an unschooling mom with five children, and we have so much fun diving deep into her de-schooling experience. We talk about finding unschooling information in groups online, the parenting paradigm shifts we make as we embrace unschooling, her experience managing the diverse needs of five children, her favorite thing about unschooling right now, and lots more. As a personal update this week, my new book is out. Yay! I'm so happy to finally be able to share this three-year-long project with you. It's called The Unschooling Journey, A Field Guide, and here's the description. You are the hero of your story. What story do you want to tell about being a parent? Do you want something different for your family? Are you ready to answer the call to unschooling? Inspired by Joseph Campbell's Hero's Journey Framework, The Unschooling Journey is a weave of myths, contemporary stories, and tales from my journey. It's not a how-to book. No two paths through the world of unschooling have the same twists and turns. Yet, having a general sense of where you are on your journey can bring valuable insight as you navigate the challenges that will inevitably appear. I share this book as a field guide to the stages and characters you are likely to encounter in some form on your unschooling journey. Characters such as the heralds and guides who call us forward and help us choose our next step. The tricksters and monsters who are determined to confuse and scare us at every turn. And the gods and goddesses who shake us to the core and inspire our inner journey until, at last, we capture the holy grail of our quest, unschooling with confidence and grace. In the unschooling journey, you'll discover the value of approaching your journey with insatiable curiosity, how living and learning weave together to create a meaningful tapestry of lifelong learning and joy, the hidden depths of self-awareness for ourselves and our children that come when we move away from control as a parenting tool, the profound impact of judgment and shame, and how to find your way to kindness and compassion with your children. That unschooling, like life, is a practice, and there is real magic in its messiness. The book also includes 10 beautiful illustrations by Hema Bardwaj, an unschooling parent herself, created specifically to visually reflect the inner journey we are taking as we embrace unschooling. And the print edition is also a journal, with plenty of room to document your journey along the way. Hema's illustrations are printed full page for you to color as you contemplate your journey. There are lined pages for writing down your experiences and clarifying your thoughts, and even blank pages for doodling and sketching. Together, let's explore your unschooling journey. So to check out the book, you can go to bookstoread.com forward slash unschooling journey, or just search for it on Amazon, Apple, Kobo, etc. <laughs> And also this week, I had a wonderful conversation with Rachel Rainbolt on her Sage Family podcast. It was really fun to be on the receiving end of questions for a change. And she had some really great questions for us to discuss. I think you'll really enjoy our conversation and I'll put the link in the show notes for you. And a huge thank you to everyone who has chosen to support the show on Patreon. I deeply appreciate all my patrons and their generous support. It's vital to helping me share unschooling information and inspiration with anyone who wants to explore the fascinating world of unschooling. If you'd like to support the show, even for as little as a dollar a month, check out the Exploring Unschooling page at patreon.com. 
That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash exploring unschooling. And this week's quote is from Megan. Unschooling is a simple philosophy that when you read it, you're like, oh yes, that makes so much sense. But to actually implement it and fully integrate that philosophy into your life, it's so different because it radically contradicts what we grew up knowing and understanding about the world. It's like suddenly four plus four does not equal eight, or there's a possibility it might equal nine. Is it possible to stretch your brain out that far where you can think, is it a possibility what I've been doing all these years was not right? I just loved how she described that moment when we recognize the difference between intellectually understanding the principles of unschooling and actually bringing it into our lives and living it. Suddenly, four plus four doesn't equal eight. That's kind of it in a nutshell, isn't it? (laughs) And I just love the serendipitous connection with my book, The Unschooling Journey, which is all about the journey we take as we bring unschooling into our lives and fully embrace the lifestyle as a practice. Gives me goosebumps. (laughs) Anyway, now on to my conversation with Megan. Hi, everyone. I'm Pam Larickia from livingjoyfully.ca, and today I'm here with Megan Valness. Hi, Megan. Hi, Pam. Hello. Very excited. Oh, I am too, because one of the joys of hosting your own podcast is that when you come across interesting unschooling families online, you get the opportunity to invite them on the show and speak with them in person. Yay. I know. It's so cool. (laughs) So I am really looking forward to chatting with Megan. And to get us started, can you share with us a bit about you and your family? Yes. So um, we're a family of seven. We live um, in Los Angeles, and the seven is two adults, five kids. My kids. There's one of them. (laughs) That's my three year old. Um, We have a three, six, nine, 11, and 13. And we really enjoy being together as a family. We spend pretty much all of our time together, I think, like most unschoolers. Mm -hmm. And I think on a whole, um, we're a funny bunch. We love to laugh. We're just kind of lighthearted. And we really love traveling and exploring and animals. We love to accumulate animals. (laughs) And we just have a lot of fun. We do the beach, we game, we farm, we pretend. All of it. All of it. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's okay. Well, then, I'm curious how you actually discovered unschooling and what your family's move to unschooling looked like. Okay, so we came across unschooling out of desperation. Mm-hmm. Um, we were a very traditional family. It's really weird because I've always been a little alternative in myself. But when I became a mother, it's almost like I had this persona of motherhood Mm -hmm. and what I thought being a mother looked like or what we should do. And so we, and my husband has always, is a very free spirit, but he just sort of went along with what I did because I'm bossy like that. (laughs) And, (laughs) And so, um, we put the, our, our two oldest kids went to school. They went to Catholic school and it was like rigorous education, year ahead, learning all these things that I really believed were important. And, um, so at, um, eight years old, he had really had enough and he just flat wouldn't go. <laughs> I would. mm-hmm. And at the time I was working, um, my husband and I have a business together. Well, I don't really work anymore, but, um, at the time we were running our business together, real estate brokerage in Santa Monica, California. And so I was working at the time and my son, I would drop him off at school and my daughter, and he just literally wouldn't go. He would walk in the building and he would sit on the stairs and it was a really small school, like one class per grade and just, you know, not a big place. So he would sit 
on the stairs or say he was sick, so I would have to come and get him. And now this, you know, this just didn't come out of nowhere, him sitting on the stairs. There was a lot that led up to it. He had really been unhappy for a long time. And um, I used to think that, you know, he was having a lot of problems. Now, with my unschooling education, basically, um, I now know that it was always my problem. And it was never my son. But at the time, I was just so overwhelmed. And I just couldn't figure out, like, I think I thought I was doing everything right. And really by the book, as far as being a parent and trying to give him a different experience than I had growing up. And I thought it was better. But I I never took him into account. You see, Mm -hmm. I never saw him for who he was. I saw studies and articles and okay, this parent's doing that and that parent's doing that and I want you to reflect me, so you need to be all of these things. Mm-hmm. And I never saw him. So he was just basically very unhappy by the time he was eight years old. I mean, you could call him depressed. He would come home after school. He would go to his room. He wasn't happy. He wasn't smiling. He wasn't interacting with the other kids or with my husband and I. And so finally, I just thought... <clears throat> something has to drastically change here or I'm going to lose my son mm-hmm. because I, I knew from my own childhood and adolescent experience that by the time I was like 13 or 14, I was out, you know, you, I, I couldn't be controlled any longer and I was going to go do what I wanted with who I wanted. And those weren't necessarily good things. And so I didn't want to lose my son to drugs or a bad path and bad friends who were doing questionable things. I, I wanted to keep my relationship with him. I finally realized that. And so I was just searching for different schooling options because I always thought homeschooling meant, you know, you bring your kids home and you do school. And I knew enough to know that that would not work for my son and me. We already had enough issues and tension between us Mm -hmm. that becoming his teacher would just have been a terrible idea. So in my search, I feel really blessed that I came across Sandra Dodd's website. And I still remember the moment I saw it and I clicked on it and this whole new world was opened up to Mm. me. And it was like the clouds parted and the angels sang and the beam of light shined down upon me. And it was just this awakening. I mean, I was lying in bed and I looked at my husband and I was like, oh, my God, we have to do this. And that's my personality, right? To go yeah. from like Catholic school, very rigorous, very regimented, to reading about it in school and being like, this is it. We're dropping everything. Let's go. <laughs> and <laughs> and um, I really needed to heed her, her famous little saying, you know, read a little, try a little, wait a while, watch. But I didn't understand that at the time. Yeah. I read it. I read the words, but I didn't know what that meant, really. And so... Um, her website actually led me to your website, which then I I um, joined the unschooling series, those emails that you send out. Yeah. And so I did that, and I put my husband on that, and um, that's really how we found unschooling. And so I wrapped up one last project. I, I picked my son up from school one day, and we had been talking about it. Like, I read about unschooling probably a full year before we actually were able to pull the kids out of school. Mm-hmm. And so just kind of started implementing little things at a time like, okay, I'm going to free up. I was very restrictive about food, about everything. Mm-hmm. And so I started letting go of those restrictions and then picked my son up from school one day and said, you're not going back. We're ready. Mm-hmm. And that that was the beginning. Did he know about it beforehand? Like He I- did. Like we, we had talked about, well, he knew about um, unschooling because he recognized that we were changing, changing. some of, yeah. you know, like, okay, I was allowing more TV or more video games. I mean, I think my oldest son really suffered the most through my old parenting style. Mm-hmm. So... It was a big relief for him just to have even some of the concessions from me. And then... So it was just kind of working its way towards this. 
as right. you were getting other things settled and organized right, to be able to I have knew, them home. Yeah, exactly. Because I knew, you know, I had to, I had to kind of phase out of working and get prepared. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. so we did that and there were little steps along the way, but in some ways we sort of dove in also, you know, because it's a big difference when you're making those little changes, but they're still in school. Yeah. And then when you finally bring them home and it really happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was, I think, where the big learning curve happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of learning curve, and, and I will say I had the same the same experience because, I mean, I didn't know about um, homeschooling when the kids were home. I mean, we're at school. And mm-hmm. uh, and it was like that mommy, moment mommy, where mommy, mommy. there was that revelation that it didn't have to be that way. It, right. Like, it's such, right. It's so freeing. Hearted. It's like, wow. It's <laughs> like someone been? unlocked the shackles you didn't even know you were wearing. Exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's a great way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> so after we've chosen unschooling for our family, the learning doesn't stop there, does it? That's what we were talking about, you know, because mm-hmm. you see those pieces. Oh, and, my gosh. And, and, but they, they, they make sense to to you, like the words, like you were talking um, about the words, but they don't really have meaning for us yet. We're right. just getting started. And while the growing amount of information about unschooling available to us now is awesome, it also means more sifting to find the sources uh, with solid information that, that connects with us, that makes sense to us, right? So I was wondering right. how you found that process unfolding for you. Well, I have to say I do feel incredibly fortunate that the first website I did find was Sandra Dodds, which led me to yours and to Amy Childs, and that at the time that I found unschooling, it was sort of right on the cusp of the whole like Facebook wave, so mm-hmm. there was that group always learning on Yahoo, which is still yeah. alive, but it was much more active when I first came to unschooling, and um, because like once you start, that's, the learning is just starting. I mean, the ways that the mind opens, I I didn't even know were possible. I didn't know, like, parts of know. <laughs> this thought process existed. You know, it's pretty, it's a really profound philosophy, I think, mm-hmm. radical unschooling. And so at the beginning, we decided, you know, that we were not just going to be unschoolers, but radical unschoolers. Just felt more natural, mm-hmm. I guess, for us. And... So I think now with all the information there is to sift through, the first thing I would think would be to find out where you really fall on the spectrum of it, of unschooling, which now there's the spectrum, right? Some people just Mm -hmm. use it towards education. Others like us, it's a whole life philosophy. Mm -hmm. And then when you go to those discussions, for myself, it is so important to remember to keep an open mind because... Like when I was on always learning a lot in the beginning, I thought I had a really open mind, but then Mm -hmm. I realized how actually narrow minded I was. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought, you know, I was like, oh, you know, I get it all. And I really, there was so much I didn't get. And the biggest thing is that we don't even realize we have is all this narrow mindedness around our core beliefs, Mm -hmm. right? And so people challenge those and and it's just natural to become defensive yeah. and and feel attacked, you know, because these are things like that we just believe to be true unequivocally. That's it. Yeah. And so when we start finding out they're not, it's hard to deal with. I think that it's confusing and, and then it can be painful, you know, mm-hmm. for the parent. And, and that's hard sometimes to sit with yourself and really look at yourself and why you do things and see those things all become more apparent the longer you are in school because like you said so when the kids were in school and we could start you know lifting restrictions off certain things that was fine but when I brought my kids home my oldest son who had the most healing to do he had been in school the longest and it was really ultra damaging for his personality you know like Mm -hmm. some kids I think they like myself you know I went to school it, I don't really think it affected, I, of course, you know, it boxed me in, boxed my mind in in certain ways, but I wasn't like terribly unhappy in school. Yeah. I liked my teachers. I had friends, whatever. 
So, but for my son, it was just really, really bad. And he wasn't bullied and he had a ton of friends and he did well. He just was hated. I don't know how else to say it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, sorry, I sort of went on a tangent there. That's okay. But, (laughs) (laughs) but so when we brought him home, all of a sudden my son was watching television. I'm not kidding. Almost 24 hours a day, Mm -hmm. maybe 18 hours a day. He would sleep on the couch in front of the television. He would eat all his meals watching the TV. And so now I had allowed this. Okay. So every now and again, I would blow up because in the beginning, we, we still are who we are. We can't yeah. just change poof overnight. So I would still get really angry. And then I would realize, you know what? I'm allowing him to do this. So I can't be mad at him. Why am I feeling so uncomfortable with him watching TV? What is it about that that's making me feel this way and making me actually feel angry? You know, what's at Mm -hmm. the root of that anger? And so when we start asking ourselves those really challenging questions, I think it's important to have a group that can really help you sort through those answers and not just tell you, oh, it's okay. You're just, you're an angry mom. And we all have those days. Like, I don't want that. You know, I, Mm -hmm. There's certain times I want to be coddled and I know who to go to to be coddled. But when we're really getting down into the depths of unschooling, I think it's important to have a group that can really help you work through that and has the courage to say things that will open your mind or shift your perspective. And that was another thing I really found on the always learning list was Sandra Dodd talks a lot about shifting your perspective which is something else that I think the words are easy to read, but to really do it takes time and practice. And so that's a big part of unschooling is to continually involve yourself somehow in the discussion. And the discussion is going on everywhere. So Mm -hmm. make sure that the discussion is challenging you. And find, like, I have a couple really good unschooling friends and I can go to them with anything, you know, and know that they're going to be truthful and honest with me. And they, they are sort of in the same philosophy I am. Now, everyone's going to relate to people differently, right? Yeah. I love Anna Omen. She's very different than other voices in unschooling. So there's all these different voices out there. And I think, so one, you have to find who you connect with, whoever that may be, who you can hear the best. And then make sure that um, for myself, it was just try not to walk away just because I got offended because there were times where, you know, I felt almost like my feelings were hurt. You know, I would write in and I'd be like, well, I didn't really want you to tell me the truth about it. (laughs) But, you know, and then I, I would hear those words and it was just important to step away from the discussion for a little while and think about it. Yeah, so much. I, Which I is hard like, online because <laughs> that is the other yeah. thing online is that yeah. you get to have rapid response and you need to say what you need to say right now or else it's all irrelevant, you know, because it just changes so quickly. Mm-hmm. So it's a, I think it's a good tool and it helps strengthen some other unschooling tools when you can just step away and think, let it percolate. Yeah, because there's just so much value in that, like you said, not just for that moment, but for the process in general and that process in life. So many great points in there. (laughs) (laughs) I I had, it's so funny because I had written out things, you know what I was going to say, and then I find it sounds kind of unnatural when I read it. So I'm just (laughs) Just kind of speaking off the cuff, but I hope it's making sense. It is that openness. That is such a huge point Um, because this is something that's unconventional. And, you know, we have absorbed growing up so many conventional messages that, like you said, we don't yet know exactly so much is going to be challenged. It is. Right. So being open to just consider just even if it's just asking yourself, what if? Right. Right. Maybe that's true. Exactly. You know, it doesn't have to be this like you're wrong. This is right. It's not exactly. Yeah. It's like bringing ideas for you to consider and contemplate. And that is the reason why um, 
was I going to say? It's so important um, to find the the voices that connect and say things the way that well that connect with you, right? So exactly. that so that you can be open because if you're feeling defensive too often you don't bring them in right but if you don't consider them if you just get like you know the pat on the back and say oh no it's okay they can watch all the tv they want and if you just leave it there that is always going to come up for you over and over until right. you work through it right right you need I to remember. do the work <laughs> you, you need to do the work and yeah. it's like exactly like you said opening your mind to the possibility because unschooling is another simple philosophy that when you read it, you're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. That that makes so (laughs) much sense. But to actually implement it and like fully integrate that philosophy into your life, it's so different because it just radically contradicts what we grew up knowing and understanding about the world, at least for me, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's like suddenly four plus four doesn't equal eight Mm -hmm. or there's a possibility (laughs) it might equal nine. Like, yeah, is it possible to stretch your brain out that far, you know, where you can think, oh, it's a possibility what I've been doing all these years wasn't right. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, that and was I rem- a big piece. Yeah, yeah, it's a big piece. And um, I know with my son, with the TV thing, I would write in and and um, Joy Federal responded to me on one. And I'll never forget this because it just made so much sense for me. She said, if your son had two broken legs, would you be yelling at him to get up and go running? Mm-hmm. And that was just like, oh, my God, that made perfect sense to me. Like, he he's broken somehow inside. I may not be able to see it, and I may not be able to see what's going on inside his brain as he watches all that TV. And a lot of times he'd watch the same show over and over. And, Pam, I just didn't understand it. Yeah, I I was like, what are you doing? Why are you just sitting there? You're not in school anymore. Go outside. Do everything. (laughs) Yeah, like, come do a craft with me. Let's bake, play. Let's explore. Let's look at rocks. Look at all the birds. Let's play with ice. You know, and he wanted to just sit and watch TV. And and it was making me feel bad about myself because in the end, it was about me not feeling like an adequate parent. Right. Like I was doing something wrong. So I couldn't see everything that was going on inside of him. And when Joy I wrote that, it just made some, Joyce, I'm sorry, did I say Joy Federal? Joyce, sorry, mom brain. <laughs> okay, I can barely remember my, my kids' names. But <laughs> but when, when she wrote that, it just all kind of made sense. And I thought, okay, I can't see it, but I'm just going to trust it. Because there's also that, there's kind of a big component of trust and faith in the unschooling process as well. There is, because you, you need that. Yeah. You definitely need it. At, well, it's funny. For me, the the idea of trust shifted. So in the beginning, I needed to Hello. kind of trust, you know, Hello. what um, the Hello. experienced longer-term unschoolers Hello. and stuff were telling me, unschooling parents were telling me, so Hello. that I could give things enough Hello. space to happen. Right. So that I would then gain the experience and see six months down the road, I could look back and see, oh, yeah, see, that right. did happen that way. But you have to find trust or faith somewhere to let those six yep. to 12 months unfold first. Exactly. So you can, yeah. Then you which, gain your own experience, right? Right, exactly. And which is hard because we're doing something very different than every most everyone around us and we're mm-hmm. used to wanting studies right we want studies yep. evidence facts give me the pie graph on that how many unschoolers are going to college you know what i mean and, so, yeah and we're we're, like, we're used to productivity and fast and you know exactly. this should be you know fixed by next week <laughs> right and do you fall within you know the regular learning curve of everyone else four to six age ranges so it, it's just such a leap of faith in some ways where mm-hmm. you can, when you really read it and start to understand it, you finally do know on an intellectual level, yes, learning is natural to humans. That's what we do. We've come a long mm-hmm. way, baby. You know, yeah. I mean, like, look at where we started as, as bipedial primates, right? Yeah. So it's pretty amazing. And um, I'm just so happy that we found it. It's truly been life changing. 
Yeah. Oh, I know. So, and another important aspect of this de-schooling process uh, revolves around parenting. And, and it uh, lines up a lot with what you were talking about with your son. Because it turns out that helping our children's learning thrive and just helping them thrive as individuals means shifting our parenting paradigm, right? From having control over our children, right? Even if it's just wishing that they, you know, I wish he would get up and play and do all these wonderful things that we can now do because he's home. To being right. in connection with our children, right? To yes. um, starting to understand their perspective. And and that huge piece that you, you talked about, you, you mentioned it, but I think it's a huge piece, is that um, judging ourselves or seeing ourselves um, from what our children are choosing to do, right? Yes. So I was just wondering if you could talk a bit about what that shift has looked like for you. Yes. So um, that piece about the reflection of our children or our children being a children reflection of us, it's yeah. so uh, cultural, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's something in our paradigm that's one of those things for myself I didn't even realize I was doing. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I was like doing it overtime. So <laughs> I know that <laughs> I was working overtime on that one before unschooling. That was just a completely foreign thought to me. I think I, I never really thought about it. Mm-hmm. I grew up with parents that loved me very much, but didn't really play with me. And it was never expected that they would play with me. Yeah. That just wasn't their role. You know, I grew up thinking, being a good parent meant you kept your kids clean and like nice looking. You educated them. They had manners and mm-hmm. you didn't really need to play with them. So yeah. with my oldest, I didn't, it's so regretful to think about it now, you know, but I didn't really play with him when he was little. Mm-hmm. And God, one of my biggest regrets is I sleep trained him. Mm-hmm. which I went to, uh, I was 22 years old when I had my oldest son. I was kind of a baby. Now that I'm older, I'm like, oh my God, I really was young. Um, <laughs> and I never thought about it. I never even thought about the fact that I was young to have a baby. For me, I had always wanted children and I wanted children young. And the women in my family tend to have children young. So to me, that was just normal. Mm-hmm. And, um, and when I... So anyways, I I was 22 years old when I had him, and I just really wanted to do everything right. I truly believed what I was doing was the best thing for him. And my husband hated that I sleep trained him and would always just want to, you know, bring him in with us. And he was probably 12 weeks old when I did that. And so I still nursed him for a long time. But in the that right there disconnected me from my son, putting him in a crib and letting him cry to sleep was a huge disconnection for us. And I never did it again with any of my other children because I knew innately it was wrong um, in my gut. But at the time, at that age, I wasn't really able to even be connected to myself and my own intuition and my mother's intuition. I didn't trust myself enough to connect with myself. And therefore, how could I connect with my children on that level? Mm-hmm. Which is another huge part of the the trust component in unschooling. And I forget who said, oh, John Holt says, you know, we're raised our whole lives as children, believing we can't be trusted. So it's no wonder we turn into adults that don't trust ourselves. And then again, Mm -hmm. don't trust our children. And then, so it's just this like revolving cycle. So it has to stop somewhere, right? We've got to change Mm it. And so um, being disconnected, what was, was what was normal for me. Yeah. And so when I came to unschooling and was starting to let go of all those controls, that led me to start learning more about myself and why I had those control issues over my children and how, what did that mean for me? Like, how did I need to connect back into myself and connect with them? So connecting with them and really making the effort to play with them to watch TV with him, to sit on the couch and watch my son's shows with him, to play their computer games, to really get into their world helped me heal. 
and helped me learn, I think, what a true connection means. And so that that was just part of the work and the process of putting down all those thoughts and ideas and opinions that I thought were so right and shifting my perspective and trying something new. Because playing playing with my kids was really foreign to me. But at the same time, Pam, the weird thing is, is that I was only this kind of person parenting. I've always been, you know, fun and a little bit crazy and a little bit wild, right? And wanting to do Mm -hmm. things and just, I just have kind of a vivacious personality. It's who I am. But when it came to parenting, I would turn into this different person. Like I said, I had to put on this persona and I sort of turned into what I thought was right you know, and, yeah. and it wasn't right. <laughs> and that's such a great point yeah. though, because, because, you know, <clears throat> it's our chance to, um, to be, to be good, right? Like we said, right. we're, we're seeing, um, our value or our worth as a parent reflected, um, through our children. Right. So that drives us to control them to be perfect. So yes. We can look perfect. Exactly. Because this is our shot. Right. You know, because because we know what a good parent looks like. Right. right. Exactly. <laughs> Conventionally. You know. So, you know, when, when, especially when you've bought into that whole paradigm, yes. you're just really pulled to accomplish it. Right. Yes. I know what you mean. (laughs) Yeah. And always so worried about how other people are judging the situation. Because like for myself, I don't, I I never really cared what people thought about me. But all of a sudden when I had kids, it was like, man, these kids need to be perfect. And people Mm -hmm. need to think that I'm doing a great job and know that I'm a fit parent, you know? Yeah. And where does it, so... So uh, yeah, that's why when you when you're shifting away from that control, you're like, oh, you know, now what, right? And like you said, you have to learn so much about yourself, right? Um, so that you can even connect to somebody because you can't really see. It's it's very hard to see from somebody else's perspective until you like you got to start somewhere. You got to start with your own, right? right exactly. And yeah. sometimes it's fake it till you make it. Mm-hmm. You know, I found because in the beginning, I didn't really understand what I was doing, but yeah. I did it anyway. I just mm-hmm. I kind of went through the steps. And first off, it was just opening my mind to the fact that what my kids were watching on TV was really great. And was it funny? And can I get into it with them? You know, and yeah. I could. And so it's just somewhere. Even if in my head I was thinking, oh, my God, I can't believe we're watching this Barbie movie. And I, you know, or whatever I was thinking in my head, I didn't say it out loud. It was also learning to control my mouth. <laughs> it's it's like a million and one little shifts yes, at first. Every it day. Is. Like, and every day parents, it's like, oh, sorry, yeah. go ahead. No, I'm just, oh, just going to say as, sorry. <laughs> 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 I think as parents, we feel like it's our right to just unload our opinion on our kids yeah <laughs> in conventional parenting do you notice that like you'll tell your yeah. kids be like oh my god your hair is a wreck your breath stinks go brush your teeth like you would <laughs> never say that to anyone else yeah and, and oh. somehow it's okay to say that to your children right and yeah it's more conventional so you hear it all around you so becoming more mindful also is a huge part in connecting being more mindful of what you say and how you say it and how are you treating these people that happen to be your children mm-hmm. who, by the way, didn't ask to be bor- born, you know, you brought them into yeah. this world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All that ties together so nicely because, because it's all about being able to stop for that moment. Right. And, and, and just, contemplate like not yeah. just react not just say oh your hair or whatever so what is oh your hair or oh this tv show or whatever just exactly. back to what we were talking about before about just being open just being open to those moments just kind of passing by and just contemplating them for a little yes. bit and and doing that shift over again oh you know look but we're having fun we're watching this tv show for the hundredth time well, exactly. We're having fun. We're laughing. You know, it's this whole conversation that goes on in your head, isn't it? <laughs> right. Yes. Exactly. 
Exactly. And that's better, you know, to learn that sometimes we just need to keep it in our head or talk to our friends about it, but we don't have to unload it on our kids. Yeah. Let them have their own experience. Oh. Exactly. Yeah. Then that's part of the just staying back and observing a little bit. Totally. You're with them and connecting, but you don't have to verbalize everything, right? Right. To see how they take it in. And I learned so much because they see things differently. And that was all part of my de-schooling. Yes. To realize that the way they see things is just as valid. It's almost even more valid because it's coming from a more pure perspective, I think. It doesn't come with all our baggage, right? Like, I had a lot of, I, I, in the beginning, I had a lot of opinions that were just weighed down by, like, all this baggage and my own experience Mm -hmm. and how I was really projecting this now onto my kids or onto their experience and not letting them just be an individual in the world doing something and having their unique experience with it. Mm-hmm. And that's well, even that's hard to understand, fun. but it's, you know, to allow them to be their own person, separate mm-hmm. from us. Does that make it's sense? Huge. Yeah, it's oh, huge. It, it is huge. And, and that's, it's so valuable for us to see it too, because, and it was seeing it so often, so often, <laughs> so many things on my unschooling journey and deschooling journey for myself have been because I saw them in my children. Right. It's yes. Like, oh, or they, they point saw it out. this fresh. Exactly. Yeah. 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 This is okay. Oh, so what do I really think about this? Right. I mean, I'm learning from exactly. I'm learning from my kids all the time. And now, like yeah. with my two older ones, are 11 and 13. You know, my 13 year old is smarter than I am. I swear. Yep, yep. And it's just so amazing. And I love hearing about his perspective. And I thank God that I found it at the time I did because, you know, eight years old, that's that's not early in the game, kind of, when mm-hmm. we're talking about children. And I'm just so happy I found it when I did because now our relationship is so amazing. Like, we're so connected. And yeah. I don't have to control him anymore. I really can say that I trust him in what he's doing. And that is, like, a long time coming. I mean, that's probably been in the past year, Mm-hmm. That I felt that way. And that's not saying everything's perfect, you know. Being in connection with your children and your family isn't saying that you never have an argument or get upset mm-hmm. or have just issues. You know, it's not always hunky-dory. But it means that we I can get- really discuss issues when they happen. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I guess that's it is is when you say it's amazing and it is and you're so well connected. I get you worry that people think, oh, you know, it's all candy. Yes. It's all rainbows and unicorns. <laughs> Rainbow, there you go. There's the <laughs> phrase I was looking for. But no, it's that that connection helps you. Like, even in when there's issues and problems and people are worried and upset and everything, that connection is still there. So, uh, yes. It, it seems like you're working together. And so it's so it important. seem like right. bad. Exactly. Right? And the connection is so important in those vulnerable times because mm-hmm. to be able to connect into our children when they're not doing their best, they're not feeling their best, even coming down to my three-year-old, when she's throwing a tantrum or screaming and crying because her toy doesn't look the way she wants it to, I don't have to get upset and control her and, and make her feel good again. I can just like mm-hmm. be there with her. You know, and let her mm-hmm. be upset and help her as much as I can. And maybe with a three-year-old, luckily, we can kind of guide their attention elsewhere to something that maybe will make them happy, a lollipop. But, you know, with my 13-year-old, when he's upset, I can be there with him, too. I don't mm-hmm. have to. It even comes down to, like, controlling their feelings because before when Maybe my kids would get upset or sometimes we're just used to saying, it's okay. Like, you're fine. You're fine. Yeah. Don't cry. We even want to control feelings. And so now with my 13-year-old, even if he's angry, if he's mad at me, I can let him have his anger and be mad. And I'm still connected to him. And it's even growing stronger in those moments because then I can just be there for him as a support. And he knows that. Yeah. I think he knows I'm there, you know? Which is huge. Yeah. 
it is. It's huge. And, and yeah, no, <laughs> it's just, it, it's, it's wonderful. And it's so different and it's okay. It's part of the detangling yourself from them, right? right? They are individuals with their own valid feelings, reactions, you know, everything. And to let them have, see that it's such a fine line, isn't it? You say you let them have it. And if they're upset and if they're upset with me, that's okay. And everything. And then you think, oh, well, you know, do people think then it's just hands off. I just leave them alone. Oh, and, no, and that's that. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, There's no. So much. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's the thing about unschooling is it's definitely not hands off. And no. it's learning <laughs> what that means. Because, you know, when you are in that traditional paradigm, it's kind of like all or nothing, I think, in in our head. It's just everything's kind of black and white in the traditional paradigm of parenting. And when you get into unschooling, you realize that it's mostly a big, huge spectrum of gray. (laughs) (laughs) I think there's very little black and white. And that was really hard for me because I like things to be black and white. (laughs) I have to tell you, I, you know... My natural personality is more of a black and white personality because it helps me. I mean, human beings, we like patterns, right? We like symmetry and things to fit correctly. Yep. (laughs) And so when things don't, it gets a little tricky. So learning that gray spectrum of, yes, I'm going to let him be angry at me, but no, it's not hands off in any way. Yeah, is how to support them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which is tricky because sometimes he tells me, you know, go away. Mm -hmm. So I have to go away, (laughs) but he still knows I love him, and I'll tell him. I say, okay, I'm gonna leave you alone, but I love you. Mm -hmm. No, exactly, and And, not taking it personally, really. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, because that's that's that connection and that trust underneath that. And the time aspect comes in there too, right? That this doesn't need to be solved right this instant. Right, exactly. I don't need you to be... Exactly. um, (laughs) You know, that that advice to never go to bed angry. Yeah, right. It's always struck me a a little off because we need our feelings and we need to process them in whatever time that it takes us. But to know that the other people are there for us you know, when we're, we're ready to reach out. Yeah. Or ready to like, and then that's what we learn too, is like, even if it's just body language to know that they're ready for us to come closer. Right. Exactly. And, and he oh, knows I'm there. Like, I, I don't know if when I was 13 years old, I was allowed to be angry at my parents or yell at them without yeah. there being some kind of repercussion, mm-hmm. you know, some sort of consequence to whatever behavior. My, My son and all my kids know they can be angry and they can be upset. And that doesn't mean they're going to get in trouble later for it or I'm going to punish them for their feelings. They still know I'm there. Now, some things are unacceptable. Obviously, if my kid came up and hit me or hit another one of my kids, that's unacceptable, right? But even Mm -hmm. with that, it's still not I'm going to punish you for that. It's yeah, because, you know, when they're upset, angry, you know, any anything there, that's not fun for them. No, you know, no. they're not doing it to piss you off or no. something. They are where they are. They're doing the best they can in exactly. that moment. And, you know, you're going to have opportunities to talk about that, like most likely not in the moment. You're supporting them and just helping them get through the upset in the moment. Right. But after you can talk about um, how they got there, you know, what right. was going on. Yeah. You can help them because they don't want that to happen again exactly. and again and again, you exactly. know, so you're still supporting them and helping them figure out ways for next time. Absolutely. Right? And it's important and- <laughs> to feel, I think for kids, it's really natural because you have to learn how to handle the big emotions. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so to really be able to do it in a safe space, yeah, you know, to go through that little roller coaster ride, and then it it's okay, and then you can talk about it afterwards and grow from it and learn from it. That alone yeah. is going to set you up, it's I think, pretty huge. well. Huge. Yeah, yeah, because to even know, to be able to to see the other side of it, right? To see that you can get through it, that there's another side that you can, you know, um, 
make changes and just the whole experience of being able to go through it rather than it being the end of the world, you know, because right. or, or you get older something. and you've never been able. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Meaning something more than it is. Like when my son was in school, they wanted to say he had, um, it's called ODD. What yes. is it? Obstinate. Oh, defiant. Oppositional defiant disorder. Yes. yes I know Which is basically one. what it is. <laughs> really? Who came up with that? It's really yeah. a kid saying, when they told me that, that was one thing I never agreed with. They told me that I laughed in their face and I was I like, know, Oh, I so know. my son wants to say no. Like, what does that <laughs> mean? You know, we expect these children. Like if, so it doesn't have to mean anything. Like your kid can get upset. It doesn't mean they're ODD. You know, they can hop from subject yeah. to subject. It doesn't mean they're. it doesn't have to mean something. It can just be what it is in that moment. And it yeah. means they're human. Exactly. And to be able to help them um, understand themselves. Right. Right. Isn't that just like, that's a gift that keeps on coming. That no matter what their personality is and and who they want to be and and all that kind of stuff, to be able to see them for who they are. Right. And and love them. Exactly. Is is like. It's such a gift. It is. It is. Okay, so we should probably get on. To yeah, sorry. Question. No, no, no. That was an amazing conversation. Thank you. Um. So speaking of personality, see what I did there. Sure, I did. I like that. <laughs> Very clever. Five, thank you. With five children, I imagine there are a number of different personalities at play. So I was wondering if you could share your experience around finding ways to meet their diverse needs. Yes, they are all so different. And that is what I find incredible. I feel really fortunate that I've been able to have these five kids. And I used to say, you know, it's crazy how each kid is so different and they have the same parents. And somebody Mm -hmm. once said to me, they don't have the same parent because you are a different, or they don't have the same parents because you're a different parent with each child. And that could not be more true in my case Mm -hmm. because if you look at the mother and that I was and the father's, my husband was with Julian and then the parents we are with our youngest Clementine and all in between, gosh, like Clementine hit the jackpot. We <laughs> did. I mean, we have just grown and evolved so much and um, being able to do that with our children has been amazing and meeting all their needs has been a learning and growing process. And um, in the beginning with unschooling, it was hard for me because I I was still sort of stuck in like, well, everybody kind of should like what I like. If I like it, it must be fun. You guys, don't you yeah, know yeah. that? You know, <laughs> like, why wouldn't you want to go to the park day? And my oldest son um, is it totally his own. I mean, all my kids are totally their own person, but he's always been much more introverted than my three, well, I've kind of got three extroverts and two introverts. And so my oldest and my fourth child are very introverted, as is my husband. And I'm more extroverted, if you haven't noticed. And um, <laughs> my, I've got my two middle kids are, and then my youngest are more extroverted. And so I really had to learn that it's okay for them all to be different. And that my my second and third child love doing classes. They want to try anything. They'll go to a park day. Anything I throw at them, they're usually willing to try it. Um, my oldest hates classes. Ever since he, we pulled him out of school, he's tried a few classes here and there at my urging. Because, you know, in the beginning, mm-hmm. when you first start unschooling, you're like, wow, look at all these classes. Let's sign one up yeah. for every day. And then we'll go to 12 park days a month. And we'll do, you know, we're going to meet all these people. And it's like, <laughs> that, that really didn't work for our family. And I kind of learned that quickly. Um, and that was part of learning to trust my son and knowing that he knew what was best for him. He just doesn't like park days. And that was hard for me to understand in the beginning because I thought, don't you want to make friends? And he was making a lot of friends online, you know, mm-hmm. but I was sort of discounting that. And um, so now how I meet their diverse needs really is by just like we talked about before, connecting into each individual one and figuring out things 
that we can do that everyone will like because there are those things that we all love. We love doing things as a family. So usually if it's all seven of us, everybody's in. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. we went to Knott's Berry Farm this past Sunday, which is an amusement park here for my son's birthday. Any amusement parks, everybody always wants to go to. <clears throat> um, we love traveling together. And when we travel, it's a really great time for us all to connect as a family. We just kind of do a lot of stuff together. You know, we go mm-hmm. surfing or hiking or exploring or whatever. And, um, and everybody's game for that. But when we're at home, which is usual, my son really, he's, he's sort of on the gamer schedule, the vampire schedule, which, you know, <laughs> wakes up around four in the afternoon and then goes to bed at an undisclosed hour. I'm not really sure <laughs> when it is, but I know it's late or early. And he, and then when he really wants to do something, he, he does, but I, I'll go watch him play his video games if he wants. And he lets me know what he needs, right? Like, he, he'll say, oh, I want to go to the mall. He likes going to the mall now. Or I want to go get this game. So I think the biggest way of meeting needs is by staying connected to your kids and knowing who your kids are, mm-hmm. which is huge. Because there are certain things I know my oldest son and my fourth child, my two introverts, are not going to like. And so we talk, I, talk, yeah. I always run everything past everyone, but I don't get offended or take it personally if they don't want to do it. And I... The option to say no is always available. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how we are. You know, the, right now my son just got, my younger son just got a Nintendo Switch for his birthday. And so that mm-hmm. has been so much fun because everybody can play and we all love it. Yeah. So we're all playing Just Dance and it's hilarious. And, you know, they're all playing Mario Kart. So that's something bringing all the kids together, except for Clementine. I mean, she stands there with a remote thinking she's playing, but (laughs) (laughs) she's not quite there yet. So that's it. I feel, I feel like, um, yeah, meeting needs is just really an extension of staying connected. Connected. Yeah. Yeah. Cause then, then, you know, and well that and being okay with no. Right. Right. That's, that's the other huge piece when you're connected and, and then it's just, just figuring it out, isn't it? Just trying to see how you can weave all the different things yeah, together. Yeah, it's just life, and it just really starts yeah. to flow. And I think whether you have one kid or you have five, like, obviously, the workload increases a little bit, I think. But, <laughs> you know, but whether it, it's not even, I think, good unschooling, it just, it hits a flow. And there are ebbs, yeah. too. But what mm-hmm. I actually, I've been discussing an ebb with a good friend of mine. We were talking about the ebbs, and she said something really beautiful that, you know, during the ebbs, the tide is pulled away, and there's all these unexpected treasures on the sand on uh-huh. on the beach that you can find, you know? And mm-hmm. that made a lot of sense to me, because sometimes, like, everything, we're all flowing so well, and everything's going great, and then we feel like we start to ebb, and it's like, okay, what's going on? But taking that downtime, which is really kind of what it is, mm-hmm. and looking for the treasure in it. Maybe everybody, you know, needed a break. I think we get so caught up. Another cultural thing is getting caught up with being busy because if we're busy, yeah. then we're worthy. You know, we're yeah. that, that means that we're productive human beings and we're worth our weight in gold. And gosh darn it, we're going to make the world a better place. And it's <laughs> like, you know, sometimes being productive all the time, sometimes it's really okay that downtime. Your brain needs it. Your body needs it. Kids absolutely need it. And they know how to give it to themselves naturally. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes, I'm exactly. still learning They that. really do. I'm learning how to give myself downtime. That has been another big piece that came with unschooling, which is huge. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen, I found that too. I mean, <clears throat> I, I love that, uh, the treasures that you find in yeah. the quiet, because that's another piece, right? Giving yourself permission to be quiet yes. and, and be saying, it's okay. We don't have to be doing all these things. They don't have to love park day, right. you know, all those things, getting comfortable with those things. We're still always time, learning but through, always. through all of it. Yeah. You know? Um, so how has the transition to unschooling been for your husband? That'll be interesting because you said he was a little more of a free spirit beforehand. Yeah. Um, so, 
I was wondering what his experience or how you've seen his experience with this shift to unschooling. Well, I've seen uh, his experience. You know, I think it came more naturally for him in some aspects um, Mm -hmm. because he hated school. Absolutely hated it. He's got no good memories of school. He ditched most of high school. He did not like it. And he never wanted the kids to go to school. He never Mm -hmm. liked the idea of sending them away, like, for preschool. So the kids didn't go to preschool. But I was like, well, they're going to go to pre-K, though. (laughs) You know, therefore, they've (laughs) got to start early, pre-K. So, but he he didn't like it, ever. But he went along with it because what was the other option? Homeschooling. And like I said, I had had always, on some level, wanted to keep my kids home with me, too. But I just, I didn't know about unschooling. I... I thought they had to yeah. go to school. I didn't really understand that was not uh, not an option or that was an option. Um, mm-hmm. And so in that respect, my husband was, you know, got it, I think, very easily. And he was always much more willing to say yes to where, like, I would get so upset if I if my kids ate McDonald's when they were little. And these are really mm-hmm. just my oldest, too. And, you know, and my, my younger one... My son was eight when we started. I guess she was six. So she even had less of an experience. And I was more easygoing even with her than I was with my oldest. I was so yeah. rigid with my oldest. And and I thought, oh, my God, McDonald's, like, they can't eat that. You know, the sodium content, diabetes, like, all these all these fear factors that I had for reading mm-hmm. news and whatever. And I was just projecting everything out. He was always much more easygoing about those types of things, like letting them make decisions about what they wanted to eat or wear or play. But, you know, like everyone else, he had his challenges with it. But we both really got into always learning together, that group. And he would read a lot. He wrote in once. (laughs) That was interesting. (laughs) Um, And so we would read that and we got, you know, copy like your books and Sandra Dodd's books and he would listen and um to to like the Amy Childs podcast when it when that because that was the only one around I think when we started and so he you know he learned in his own way as well and then I had to like also you know how unschooling can really apply to anyone in your life I learned Mm -hmm. how to be different with my husband you know? Yeah. And so there were times when I would just send him like tons of articles and read this and highlight this in a book and whatever. And that didn't really work because I felt like when mm-hmm. I would push it on him, he would resist it. Yeah. You know, which goes back to kind of even hating school. I mean, my husband works for himself. He can't work for people. He doesn't want to be told what to do. So that's, I, I had to learn too. And we both had our own process and we love it. I mean, now we're at the point where, you know, we know not to really talk about it with other people. But, you know, in the beginning when you're just so excited and you yes. want to tell everybody, like, you got to school your kids, man. It's awesome. And, and then you soon realize, like, people just are like, what are you talking about? It's just such a hard, deep. But so in the beginning, I know he wanted to convert everyone. And now we've we've both just settled down and let it percolate through ourselves. <laughs> I know I would say something you know at the those first few months say something to my friends and when you know when we got together got the families together and and I just didn't understand why they weren't going oh my god how do you do that and asking a million questions (laughs) they're like oh okay and change this subject right (laughs) it seems so logic like when you read it's just like so logical like okay yeah. that makes perfect sense now I've got to go evangelize the world <laughs> people do the, yeah that's I a stage <laughs> yeah exactly it's a, it quickly passes you're like okay never mind but yeah I mean that was that was a huge revelation for me too and I think it really did improve my relationship with with Rocco with my husband because you, it it just shows you how um individual people are yes. right and that that when i realized the con- that the control aspect with my children wasn't helping our relationship i i started to recognize how many ways i was trying to control him too 
Right. Right. Yeah. And trying to get him to learn things the way I like to learn things, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it really opened up that relationship too. Makes for a much more peaceful household. It really, really does. And now for our last question, I'm curious, what's your favorite thing about your unschooling lifestyle right now? Oh my goodness. Right now. Right now. Uh, I won't hold you to it five years from now. (laughs) Yeah, right. Exactly. My favorite thing right now, it's got to be my relationship with my kids and my husband. Mm-hmm. I'm and myself. It's just yeah. the um it has opened up so many doors, windows, worlds to me that I didn't know existed. It's just opened my mind on so many levels and it's allowed me I I just didn't even know this could exist. Like this kind of true family harmony and happiness is real. And I feel like the velveteen rabbit, you know, like I finally become real and I don't, you know, may not have any eyes and my fluff's all kind of worn out and worn down, but I'm real. feel on such a deep level and with my kids and with my husband and I don't know what could be better. Oh, that is so awesome. Thank you so, so much for speaking with me today, Megan. I really appreciate it. I loved it. Yay. Yay. I hope I sounded coherent. Oh, <laughs> My absolutely. Mind was going it was like a million miles a, a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I know that. Because I love talking. Don't you just love talking? You're lucky. You get to talk about unschooling all the time with all these great people. But, you know, for myself, because I kind of do stay out of um, like the Facebook world and stuff. Only because Mm -hmm. for me, I've found that it helps me to focus more on my family. And I guess that was part of like the, what I maybe should have gone into on the one question about sifting through sources, finding what works for you. Facebook was, is like too much for me Mm because I start responding and getting like all wrapped up in these other worlds. And it's just, it takes too much of my time at this point in my life. And, Mm -hmm. um, so it's so great to just really have good conversation with somebody about this subject that I love to talk about, but I don't often get to do it. Oh, hmm. that's great. That's awesome. And so true, right? You, you ha- it's another thing that you see how it weaves into your life. Exactly. Most comfortably. And before we go, where is the best place for people to connect with you online? Instagram. Instagram. Yes. I don't do Facebook, but I love Instagram. Instagram is very, I love it. It's lighthearted and, um, you know, there's direct message. I'm on Facebook Messenger. I am on Facebook. If you go on, you'll find me. I'm on there, but I really never go on. So the best Mm -hmm. way to find me is through Messenger and Instagram at MomWifeSuperstar. Yay. Oh, (laughs) thank you so much, Megan. Have a wonderful day. You too. Thank you, Pam. It was such a pleasure. Thanks for listening. I hope you found it helpful. You might also like the backlist episodes at livingjoyfully.ca forward slash podcast. While you're there, be sure to pick up your free copy of my book, What is Unschooling? In it, we'll explore some of the common questions people have when they first hear about unschooling, like how will my child learn? How do I know they're learning? What is de-schooling? And how do I get started? It's also available at many online ebook retailers. And if you'd like to connect online, you can find me on Facebook at Living Joyfully. Until next time, have fun living and learning with your family.